Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. All right, welcome back to Normal 40, the podcast. I'm your co-pilot, your co-host. My name is Adam Eaton. And as always, I am pleased to be joined by Lon Strohschein. He is the founder of the Normal 40 movement. Uh, and he is a dude that you absolutely need to know. Lon, greetings, my friend. How are things? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I'm, I'm doing even better, Lon, when I, when I looked at the rundown that you sent me for this particular show, uh, because it's a really interesting topic. And, uh, and, and I don't quite know how this show is going to go, because I think this topic can go in so many different ways, so many different angles. But the goal of today's show, and the goal of all of our shows, by the way, is, is we want to either inform, we want to you know, get, get you to think about something, we want to understand your perspective, or maybe share our perspectives on, on a few things. And Lon, you you, of all people, have probably the best perspective, I think, on this topic. Because today, I want to talk about the last day. And you're thinking to yourself, the last day of what, Adam? Well, that's a great question. The last day of whatever it is, it's the last day for you. And there's so many different last days I think we all go through. And Lon, you have been through a bunch of last days, right? That I mean the, the whole premise of the show is, you know, your last day as a public company executive and sort of how that brought you to where you are today, right? So the last day can mean so many things to so many people. But when I say that phrase to you, Lon, the last day, what comes to mind? What's the first thing, word association, the last day? What jumps in your head? This day we build up in our head when we are finished with what we're currently doing. So professionally, that means you're finished at the job that you're going to show up to tomorrow. Um, it, it also personally, the last day can be the last day you tuck your child in for a myriad of reasons. One, they age out of it, um, you know, or, or a whole bunch of other unfortunate ways or reasons that, that that could be the last day. The last day uh, a child's living in your house before they go to college, the last day of elementary school, uh, the last day you have with your parents, the last day you have with a friend. Just the, there's so much charge in thinking about the last day before it happens versus considering the last day after it's happened. And I spend time thinking about last days. I spend time, not daily, I'm not obsessed with it, but I really, really do contemplate last days. And uh, I'll stop there. I, I, I could keep just rambling on just this topic on just the last day, but you asked a very succinct question and that's what I think of in the last day. 
how, how, I guess, how does the last day differ for people depending upon where they maybe are in their personal journey, right? So some people are listening to this podcast and they are in a, they're in a damn good job, Lon. They're in a damn good career. They're making great money, live in a great house, great neighborhood, great family, but, but they're, they're not happy. They're not, they're not feeling happy. Right. And then there are some people out there that are in, you know, really bad situations and they're kicking themselves for what they haven't, you know, have done or haven't done. How was the last day different depending upon where you are in your journey? So the last day is going to find you through one of a few different, one of, one of a few different ways. One, um, you're going to get downsized and all of a sudden your last day is going to be handed to you on that day. And you'll probably, you know, if it happened tomorrow for anyone listening, you probably are going to wish you were more prepared. That's the last day. Your last day can be retirement that you already know um, from this day, you're looking out in one, two, five, eight years from now. And you've identified your last day, maybe not to the day, but you've identified, here's my birthday. Here's, you know, this is my last day. Um, and then there's also this last day that you prepare for in the near term. This last day that's scary um, because it requires a separation, but it's also exciting and it's, and it's equally charged and equally balanced um, with excitement because on that last day, you're actually looking at it as a first day. And so if it, it just depends on, on, on where you're at. And most of the guys, most of the time when I get on a call and the reason Adam, the reason this topic came up is in May, May is full of last days, man. May is full of last days. Uh, I, this last Thursday was my last day on the face of this earth as a, as a, an individual with an elementary aged child, it's done. Mm -hmm. It's over. That portion of my life is over. I can't fix it. I can't have one more lunch with him. I can't go to one more recess. I can't volunteer in one more class hour as a, in the elementary class with my child. That's over. I've had my last day. And I was aware of that when I left my job. I was aware of that when my daughter graduated last year. Last days come and then they go and then you're done. And so I'm very intentional about when last days are coming and what am I going to do between this day and that day to be sure that when this last day comes, I'm happy, I'm fulfilled. I don't look back and say, I wish I would have. And so that's, that's personal, but it's also professional. Hmm. And it's also, uh, you know, you think about your last day, whether your last day is tomorrow when your boss comes in and says, I'm sorry, we've got to have a an unfortunate conversation. And because of the state of the economy, we were reducing staff and we're eliminating your position last day. Or you have started the side opportunity, the side profession, and it's starting to take off. And you're deciding, oh gosh, in four months from now is going to be my last day when I do these same things. Or you're looking out eight years from now and it's like, when I have this much and on this day and when I'm this old, I'm going to finally be done. I'm going to, that'll be my last day. But all of those you're going to look back on this day, this day, and say, how did I treat this day in a way that it mattered? Uh, and and you, a lot of times you don't ask yourself that question until the last day, and then it's too late. Chapter's over. Time to move on. You don't get to redo it. And so last days are really, really important things to stop and think about. This is going to depend, I think, on situations, but I'll ask this anyway, Lon. Are, do you see last days as a negative or as a positive? 
Um, that is entirely up to you. Here's the reason this topic has come up. I said is it, it's May and, and there's a lot of last days right now. But in my rambles recently, I've noticed this very consistent trend. People who have been downsized, they've been let go. You know, if he, we did a podcast with Ron Ward, he even said it. He got, he got let go. And, um, and I've talked to probably eight people, eight people since that podcast a few weeks mm. ago, who have said, the day I got let go was the hardest day of my life, followed by a series of some of the best days of my life. It mm. was a blessing. I was scared to death that day was going to come. And then my last day happened and my life changed for the better. I am so thankful that it happened. I mean, they literally say those words. I'm so thankful that, that this, I was forced to have to trade. And then I've talked to other people who aren't there yet. They haven't been downsized, but they're telling me it would be easier if somebody, if, if my boss had just come in and say, Hey, here's a severance. We need you to go. They, they've told me, I wish that would happen. I wish that would happen. Then I would be forced into making a decision. And on one hand, I'm like, okay, I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying and I can understand that. But on the other hand, I kind of get upset. And I, mm. that isn't the wrong word. I get upset because I'm like, dude, if you are so unhappy that you're hoping that you get let go so you get a few months of severance, that's what you're sticking around for is a few months of severance and you're clinging on to something you don't love. You're doing work. You don't, you don't admire. You're probably working around people. You like doing stuff. You, you don't, that doesn't fulfill you. You're trading that you're trading that discontent for three months severance because you don't feel capable, ready, worthy that you can just decide to go do it yourself. I'm really frustrated by that. And I, so we, we ramble on that. Um, and look, I get it. I get leaving is hard. And I get that sometimes you say, boy, it just, you know, you kind of say it in passing, it would just be easier if I just get canned, then I'd be forced. Well, you would, but man, you do not have to wait for that. It's interesting. Do, do you, do you find that as you're talking to people in rambles, as you think about the, the last days are, are people generally more accepting if it's on their terms? Right. I mean, so like your, your example of elementary school, right. I, I'm in the same boat. My, my son uh, graduated quote unquote, the, the fifth grade, right. He starts middle school next year. Right. So I'll never have another, you know, uh, elementary school kid again. Right. But it's a, it's a last day that I, I couldn't control. It was going to happen no matter what. And it was my responsibility, whether I did or didn't, I guess we could decide that at some point to enjoy all the days leading up to that last day. Right. But I knew that last day was coming. Is it different when you see it, when it's, when it's, when it's intentional, when, when you're playing a role in it versus it sort of happens to you. Cause I, I gotta think there's an element of last days that can be liberating, right? The last day of saying, Hey, you know what? I'm done with this place. You know, Mr. McGillicuddy, we'll see you later. And you, you throw your hand in the air and you walk out, right? There's gotta be a liberation, but, but how do you sort of balance that? If, if you're the one sort of making that decision, I assume most people feel differently about their last day. Yeah. If you don't feel ready, um, you don't, you don't trade it. You don't, you don't set the last day. If you don't feel like, okay, I've, I've got, I've got this, I've got what's next in the can. Um, if you don't feel like that is in a position to where it's almost seamless, it's really hard to make that trade. You it's there, there's typically an event that happens or there's a straw that breaks a camel's back. The old proverbial 
straw that breaks the camel's back, but there's, there's usually an event that's finally getting you, got you to a place where like, I'm just done. I've had it and I'm out. And, and you're in a pretty disastrous state of mind by that point. But the best way to really be excited about last days is to be in control of it. And I, I love, I mean, that's, it's kind of what I do. You know, I, I one of the things I've really decided that I'm going to be better at is breaking down what you feel into the simplest terms, hmm. breaking down what normal 40, what men and women in normal 40 are going through into the simplest terms. And, you know, that's why I use terms like the trade in the marriage. I talk about the contract. I mean, it's, it's the unwritten contract. It's, it's those things. And, and it's not free. You want it to be free. You want to leave one job and go right to the next and nothing. There's no risk. There's no, but you're just happier all of a sudden. No, no, that's it's, there's a, it's not free. There's a trade. There's, there's always going to be a risk. And so when you go, when you can go through a process um, and if you want to feel like you did 15 years ago when you were climbing and clawing and scratching and being recognized and you're going up, when you want to get that back, you've got to accept the fact that you're going to be taking on some risk, just like you had 15 years ago, by the way, there's no guarantees. It just felt like you had less to lose. Um, so the, the thing you have to channel when you're, when you're at this place of, I've got to go my life, it, I'm, I'm running out the clock here and I've got more to give. I've got to get out of here, um, is to prepare for it on the side. And you can do that over the course of months. And that's what I help people do. And it's the most rewarding thing. We might get through a four or six or eight month program together and we might decide you're going to stay. You're going to stay because we've identified 15 things that are going to fulfill you in your current job. Well, shit, that's great. Or we might get into it planning that you're going to stay. And in month three, we decide, no, man, this is, this is, this isn't where your joy is. You're never going to find your joy here. We got to get out. We got to do something else. But the, the fact of the matter is you have a plan at some point. It's not this abyss. It's not this. I know what I, I know I would trade what I've got, but I don't know what it is. No bullshit. You'll know what it is. It won't be seamless. It won't be easy. It won't be risk-free, but at least you'll know what you're chasing. And once you know what you're chasing, then your instincts kick in. Who you are kicks in. All of your experience takes over. Who you've become to this point leads and you know what you're chasing. But until you know what you're going to chase, man, you just kind of sit there and tolerate and cling to yesterday. And then last days are scary. They're scary mm -hmm. when you don't have a, when you don't know what you're going to do next. So, I mean, there's, it's a, they can be the best of things or they can be this thing that you just absolutely have this fear of. But in the end, the point is this people who have their last day professionally look back in a lot of cases when they've, when they've got the next thing to chase and they're like, God dang it. I feel so much better. I'm so glad this happened. Now I'm able to do a, B, C, D, whatever it is right down the line. I'm sleeping through the night. I'm, I'm, I got a better relationship with my kids and I'm so glad this happened. Something I've been trying to do in my own personal life, Londa, as I, you know, always try to evolve and, and, and grow and, and do things differently. I've been trying to live my life with intentionality, being intentional about what I do, being intentional about my energy, being intentional about what I work on. And I got to tell you, it is hard 
to do because you get so caught up in, in the rat race as it is and so caught up in the whirlwind that's around you that it's not always easy to, to live with purpose and intentionality. And I, I got to think that's a big part of being able to control your last day, right? The last day of whatever that thing is, is being intentional about how you're living today so that you can prepare for that last day. But in my view, it's it's one of the hardest things I've tried to do is live with intentionality. I, I don't know if you see the same or you hear the same from people. If that's a theme within the normal 40 concept, but it's it's something that I, I have not. It's it's like a diet. Like I'm going to eat clean today and the next day there's a cookie. Right. Like it's it, intentionality is tough to is tough to crack. It's been tough uh, for me to, to really keep myself in that space. Oh, without without a question. Um, you know, we. Um, we talk about being present and giving presence, you know, it's a, it's, it's very different. It's a different mindset, but even, you know, even, um, me now I'm a solopreneur. I've, I've got my own clock, my own day. Someday we'll, we'll talk about my calendar and how I set it up and, and how I manage it and work to it, uh, and how it works for me now, instead of me working for it. And, and I still have to take time in my day to make sure I'm prioritizing the right things. It's not, it's, it's not easy. It sounds easy. It says easy. We all know it should be easy, but even when I have the time and I report to no one but myself, I still have to take a step back, remember what is important and then reprioritize it. And, and it's uh, I think, I think it's um, harder to prioritize when somebody else is running your calendar, when anybody else can drop a meeting on it, when you've already got eight or 10 hours of your week that are, you know, reoccurring meetings every day of your, every week of your waking life, it's easier to, to fall out of that. Um, and after you've made the trade, it's, 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 it's easier to, to think about that, but it's still, it's still something I've, I have to consciously work at um, day in and day out. I don't want to steal a topic from a future episode, right? But you think about the last day and the last day leads into the next day, right? And I think that's such an interesting concept. How, how much do you hear people talking about or how much do you ask the question um, when you say to somebody, hey, in a perfect world, what would your last day look like? The last day of whatever it is that you're facing. Dream up for me, write out for me the perfect script for your last day on something, right? How many people start talking about the next day, right? How many, how many people look ahead to the next day as, as a positive versus kind of lamenting on the last day, if that makes sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I love the question, man. That's how I know people are making the turn. Hmm. When they come in and they use words like autopilot and frustrated and controlled and lost and guilty and bored and stale and stuck and discontent about what they're feeling in their current job. Um, I know where we're starting. We're starting from the place of, I know the best days of my life are in front of me and I know they're not being lived right now. And I've got to work on that, but I don't know what they are. So I know that's where they're at, but when they come to me or we're months into one-on-one -on -one conversations or, or small group. And we've had some iterations and I ask them, hey, how are you feeling? And they're not using words like lost, stale, angry, discontent, frustrated. Um, and they start using words like excited, interested, curious, um, fascinated, energized, just because they're, they have learned that, hey, wait a minute, I don't, I'm, I could leave and be okay 
that doesn't mean it would be easy, but son of a bitch, I would be fine. My, I would wake up in my bed tomorrow. The bed would be warm. The carpet would be soft. The house would be safe. My kids would be here. The coffee would be made and I would be okay. That is it. I would be okay. And when they make that transition from, I have no idea what I would do. And I feel, I feel this discontent to, I still feel this way about my current job, but I'm excited. I'm thinking about what if I did this, I talked to so-and-so and they let they they might want me to do X and they lean into things that are just interesting. Their words change. And that's how I know where they're at on the journey. And they're starting to, you know, that's the step in the process. You're starting to awaken. You start to get that alive feeling again. The one you had 15 years ago. Like, All right. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. We're ready for the next step in the process. We can be done with the process, with the step we're in. And we're going to, we're going to start investing in this feeling. Let's invest in it. We don't know if it's right or not yet. It's a good feeling, but let's start investing into it and see. And so I, I love when I hear those words change because they change fast. They change really fast in a week. They'll change. And it's, it's super exciting. That's how I know we're getting somewhere. Should the last day be scary? It depends on who you feel is in control. Hmm. I mean, if you feel like you're in control of it, it's fucking awesome. My last <laughs> day, I walked out of my company with my head so high, so inflated, so good, so um, proud, absolutely proud because I knew I was leaving. I knew I finished well. I knew I was in control. I finished well, and I was going to go do what I was feeling called to do next, even though I couldn't define it. So my last day was fantastic. I had days in my professional career where I thought I might, my last day wasn't going to be under my control where I thought I might get let go. I might be a victim of downsize. I might get let go for, for a failure I had along the way. Um, and I almost did, by the way. And that's another podcast that, that I know we're going to talk about at some point, what I call the failure. And, um, and so that, those days are fear-based and the pit mm -hmm. in your gut. You see a text from your boss, an email from a boss, and your immediate reaction is a a shot to the gut, even though, even though it has nothing to do with, with potentially being let go, it's the story in our mind. And it's this fear based last day. Oh shit. I'm done. I don't have control. I'm being told what to do. I'm not ready for this. What am I going to do next? What if this is the end? All of that, those fear based things that is, that can be sheer terror. And what I tell people, look, you know, someday, you don't, you don't always get to choose your last day, man. I would say most of the time, professionally, you might not get to choose your last day. And almost everybody goes through, goes through a situation in their professional career where they didn't get to choose their last day. And so, so long as you don't ever have a plan B, something that you feel that you could fall back on, not, not on day one equivalent, that's, you know, that's very few people have that. I didn't have that when I left and I knew I was leaving for months and months. But if you don't have anything where you say, okay, on my last day, it's going to suck. But on my next day, my first day, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have this started and I'm going to lean into this. Um, until you have that, it's scarier in hell. So it strikes me, you're, you're, 
the last day, right? You break it up into two, into two like categories, right? A last day that you choose, a last day that's chosen for you, right? I would even take that last day that you choose, and I would split that into two categories. And I'm curious how you think about these two categories and the level of success both individual have. In my view, again, correct me if you think I'm wrong, or feel free to, 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 to punch back here. Your last day that you choose, you're either running from something or you're running to something. Can both of those last days lead to success? Are both of those last days still recipes for success if you're running from something versus running to something? Absolutely, they can. Um, one is an escape and one is a one is a more of a destination. Um, but you know, I, when you're younger, I mean, my I'll just talk about my career path, but I think it's most, you know, it's the goodness that comes to you is a result of the good work you do. But it's also the result of people who are two to 10 years ahead of you who are betting on you and they pull you along. Hey, we're going to promote you into this. We're going to move you into this. We think you'd be good for this. And they pull you along and you're not running from anything there. You just, Hey, the next thing came. All right, great. I, I was in this position for two or three or four years. Now I got promoted. This is great. And you don't have anything to escape from, but I think normal 40, I, I think that everybody who's listening to this podcast is trying to escape something. I think everyone is. I think you've reached that point in your life where it's not necessarily um, like you're going to, it's not life ending type of escape, like, but it's, you're hoping to escape this feeling, this pit, this, this, all the words we talked about feeling lost, steel, angry, discontent, getting older, caged, all those words. You're trying to escape that to get the feeling back that you had 15 years ago when everything felt like you were running to something, you're getting promoted into something. And what, what, I've, what I've discovered in the process is the people quit showing up. When you're, in, when, you're at the, when you're at a point where you are one or two steps away from the biggest title in your company, the number of opportunities you have to move up to do what's next, to get promoted, to get pulled forward, are almost, they're done. I mean, they're, they're really over. Um, and you can wait it out and see if when that last spot opens up, you get the nod or one of the other 10 people who are on the list get it. And that's cool. Somebody, somebody gets that job. So maybe you want to stick around for that. But at the same time, you, you wonder if this is your time to go. This is the time to escape. This is the time. And you're not necessarily running from something because you hate it. You're running from what you're becoming, what you're settling for. You're running from this stale feeling and you just want to run to who you used to be becoming and who you get to be next. And the problem we have, and this is going to be redundant in this podcast, I'm sorry. The problem we have is we don't know it. We don't know when we, when we sit at our desk, our big desk in our big office and we drove our fancy car there and we drove, uh, we left our big house to get there and we stare at our business card and we see the title on it. Um, all that stuff is just the security blanket that is hard to give up. And it's hard to run. It's hard to leave behind. But it's necessary to leave behind. So until you have something to run to, until you've done some work to get some clarity on what it might be, it's not, it's pro it's, it won't probably be a fully baked plan B, but it's, it's, a, it's something. And until you get some clarity around that, 
you're probably going to stay. Is that the right thing to do? Is that the, you know, is that the thing that you should do if you don't have that thing to run to, if you haven't figured out that plan B? So someone is listening to this right now and they're like, man, I just don't like being, you know, the, the corporate finance manager at, you know, company X. I just, I, I could care less. I'm not interested. I'm stuck here. I can't move up. I, corporate finance is not for me. I just, I got to get out of here, but they don't know what, what that, what that thing is. Should they wait until they figure it out until they have their, their last day? Should they, you know, should they just kind of keep going through the motions until it hits them? Like, how do you, cause I think that's where people get stuck. Lon is, is the, it's that age old saying, and I'm probably going to butcher it, which is awkward. Cause I said the age old saying, but it's basically the, the, you know, the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't, right. The devil I know is I know how to be the corporate finance manager. I know what that's going to look like. I know that means this meeting. I know that means that meeting. I know it means this schedule. So is it easier to stay with the devil, you know, than the devil you don't. And for people who can't quite figure out that, that next phase, I feel like people just stay where they are. Right. And, and so what is, what, what should that person be doing right now? There's a dude right now who's like, man, how did Adam know about me? (laughs) What should that person be doing? Yeah, it's a great question. So going back to the the very first thing you said is how do you know what, how to coach that person, how to help them? And I start every ramble the same way, man. And I get to know in just a couple of questions, I get to know them pretty quickly. I can size, size them up pretty quickly. Um, and I've been around business a long time, so I can tell kind of by their profession, I can kind of stereotype them into probably a risk appetite. And, you know, and we'll ramble on it and it, it isn't black and white, but, you know, if I'm talking to a 47 year old, uh, public accounting firm partner, I know the type of personality it takes to be that it takes dedication, hard work, long hours, and you can't get shit wrong because that's the stuff that, that really, um, can bring down entire organizations. So attention to detail is high. I mean, it's, and so I know that type of person and they tend to be fairly risk averse. So they've got there, they put in the hours, they've got the education. And so that person, I'm not going to tell them, Hey man, my, my, my advice would never be, well, let's quit and figure this out. They will, they'll never do it. And they shouldn't. That isn't my point. My point is you got to treat that. You got to treat them with a little bit, a little bit differently. There's a, there's a process you go through and for them, we would start down the path of, okay, I get it, man. I get it. Who's your favorite client? What do you love about them? What do you, what do you love about their work? And you get them just to kind of pop out of the numbers and into people and into businesses. And you, and you just start rambling on that, man. Just start going around. And over a period of time, you can kind of put together. It's not, it's not a two degrees of, hey, here's it is. Here it is. But it's not nothing. You can say, look, I think this is, these are the things that excite you. Go do some work on that. Go volunteer somewhere. Go talk to the person who owns that business. Ask what it's like. Whatever. Go get it. Go get curious about it. Versus a sales guy who doesn't know at the end of the month what his paycheck's going to be because he's 100% commission. He's uh, really good. He knows it. He doesn't like to do reports, um, but he's good at his job. His boss kind of lets him go because he gets shit done. And sales guys are really valuable who are really good. And, um, and he's miserable at this company and he's just kind of feels like he's done his last sale and man, he's saved, he saved enough money to know that, um, he he'll be fine for a while. And if he needs to get a job, he can get a job whenever he needs to, cause he's a sales guy. That guy might just, I might just tell him, Hey, why are you sticking around, man? 
you, you, you can't solve your problem and work 80 hours a week and be miserable. So just, you get, you said you got six months worth of saving quit. What would that look like? He may or may not, she may or may not. But my point is the personalities of the people are, are very dependent on how, how I would approach coaching through that. But it, the second part of your question is the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't know. And human beings are survivalists. I mean, he, uh, living creatures are survivalists. I mean, we're all yeah. trained to, to figure out how to survive. And if we survived yesterday, if we survived yesterday, um, and of course, if we're here today, we all did. But professionally, if we survived yesterday, we tolerated the job, we tolerated the bad review, we tolerated the boss who yelled at us for no reason, we tolerated um, employees um, who only did 80% of the job, we tolerated that, and we've lived. We lived for another weekend, we lived through another Wednesday, we lived through another quarter end. We can just tell ourselves, hey, look, you know, we, we, we'll survive here, we'll get by. But eventually that tolerance leads to this disdain for yourself because you know that you're tolerating it. You know you, you're, you're putting up with something that you're going to regret. You know you're getting older. You know your best days are here, but you don't have, you might not have 10,000 of them left. And, and you, you're starting to feel frustration for the fact that you're not prepared to do anything about it. And that is the, that's where the clash really starts to happen. All right. So try this idea on for size. All right. So I am, I'm listening to your, your advice and I'm looking at my, my situation and this is Royal me, not just me specifically. Right. And I'm saying to myself, okay, last day, I've got to figure this out. I don't know what that is, but here I am. I'm stuck. Devil. I know devil. I don't finance manager, McGillicuddy, all that stuff. Right. And I go to that fancy desk calendar I have on my desk at work and I flip to November and I circle November 12th and I write on it last day. Is that an effective way to think about what maybe you should be doing? Should someone be looking at their calendar and saying, I'm going to give myself six months and this is my last day. What's, what's the, is that, is that going to work? Is that something you, you people should try to do? Is that, does that help giving people a goal to say it's my last day or is it a, just a recipe for another situation where you go, okay, well, I'm not really ready on the 12th. Maybe I'll move it back to the 21st, right? Like should, should people be thinking about setting a goal in their mind of when they think this last day could come for them? I love one year increments um, because it is amazing how your life can change in one year. Absolutely mind boggling. And think about the biggest change in your lifetime. And Adam, you might be going through one right now. Um, and we all have those periods. I went last year, last, you know, it ended whatever, uh, just months ago, where it was probably the single biggest change in my lifetime. And where the life I was living in April of 2022 versus the life I was living in April of 2023, was incredible. I'd never met you. I'd never done a podcast. I'd never done a newsletter. I had never been hired as a, um, I shouldn't say that. I, I had been hired as a coach by that point, but I'd never done a cohort. I mean, I just, there were so many, there were so many things that one year ago I had never done. And so I, I, I love to challenge people. I love, think about this. If you're listening, don't think too small about how different your life can be in one year. You don't have to have clarity. You don't have to have, you don't have to be able to draw a beautiful, elaborate picture of what your life is exactly. You just need to know what some of the ingredients of that life is. 
and then start, we together start working towards it. I mean, that spoiler alert, that is how I coach. That's where we start. Let's, let's build your life in a year and let's get clarity on what those ingredients are. Then we'll figure out what in the hell these ingredients make, and then we'll go do it. So your question is six months. What does that mean? Well, six months um, is usually two things. Six months is usually my standard engagement between six and eight months. Um, so I use six months a lot. And the other thing in a ramble, if you've rambled with me, um, one of the questions I ask almost every time is if, if you are doing exactly what you want, Adam, in six months from now, um, and you are, you have the lifestyle you want, you're living where you want. Um, and you're, you're happy with the things that are going on in your life in six months from now, what are they? What are those ingredients? What's going on? Just start talking about that. And I love that question for a couple of reasons, because it's, it's usually the first time they've had to describe themselves in a future state. We don't, we don't go around doing that. You, sure. you don't maybe with your spouse, but that'd be it. But you don't hang out with your buddies when you're watching the game and say, Hey, chat, where do you want to be in six months from now? Really? What would be the ingredients of your life in six months? Oh, shit. Nobody does that. You'll talk about, yeah, you know, uh, seeing there are going to believe what happened at work. And then I got to do this. And then they're going to fly me there. And oh, I guess you talk about that, but, but that six month look ahead. So this awkward pause and nobody knows how to answer it. Nobody, nobody answers it. Like nobody feels like they've answered it. Well, I would challenge that if you even come up with some sentences, you're starting. And so I asked him a question, what is, what is, if, if things are going the way you want them to in six months from now, what's going on around you? And, uh, and that, so I use that not as a, Hey, let's end here, but let's think about six months because if for us to know where you want to be in 12, we got to know what six looks like. I also think it's important to think about and, and, and the way I've been framing my questions to you so far, maybe uh, has been misleading. So I want to make sure I, I'm, I'm clear on something, right? There's last day of, Hey, this is my last day working at, you know, company X and tomorrow I'm going to do whatever that is. Right. But I think there's, there's also, and correct me if you feel differently, Lon, little last days along the way. Hey, this is the last day I keep this secret from my wife. That this is the last day that I, you know, I neglect going to that, you know, t-ball game with my kid. Hey, this is the last day that I, you know, treat my staff like this, right? There's other little last days that can kind of build up to a bigger last day, right? Because if you think about the point where, again, let's go back to that, you know, that that finance manager who's sitting in his office right now who's like, ah, this is stupid. I can't believe I'm doing this, right? And maybe he hasn't told his wife that he's feeling this way, right? Maybe he gets up tomorrow and says, hey, you know, this is the last day I keep this inside. I'm going to go share my feelings, right? Or this is the last day I read this stupid guy in the internet's post without reaching out to him, right? There can be so many little, I didn't mean to call you stupid, by the way. There's so many little last days along the way. And I don't, I guess I don't want people to think that, hey, it's just the last day and then the next day you work someplace else. You can, and maybe you should, correct me if I'm wrong, Lon, take a bunch of those little last days along the way. Oh, yeah, man. Um, one of my clients and I, in one of our very first conversations, um, you know, he was, he's really, really frustrated and, um, frustrated is maybe the polite term. I mean, he was agitated about mm. how he felt. And I mean, this guy is unbelievably impressive and accomplished. And, um, and he was, he was agitated about why he felt the way he felt. And, um, so we went through this process and he's in a profession where it's really hard to pivot out of. I mean, it is one of these things that you, you spend decades training for. 
And um, so he was agitated about the fact that he'd done all the work, had all the success, had all the accolades, was fucking good at it, and was just beside himself agitated that it just wasn't fulfilling him. Okay, fine. So we go through the process that I just told you, hey, let's populate. What's what's 12 months? Let's explore this. And he came up with an idea and he started testing it and it hit and it hit. It used his skills. It used his education. It used all of his past experience and it was a needed service for people. And it just started to hit. And so I'm like, well, tell me how you feel now. And he starts using, I'm excited. I'm like, I can't wait. I kind of want to, I'm good at this. I didn't know. And all these things kind of came up and they were right in the skill set. He didn't have to learn something new. He just had to apply it one degree differently. And so we came up with this acronym, JFDS. And it's just fucking do something. I mean, you get it. You get to this point and it's like, you got to, you have got to start doing something. So your point I, I call myself the inter- internet mistress because I'm the dude that so many people want to talk to and so few people want to acknowledge they follow that I'm like a mistress. And I get it. Look, that I, I needed an internet mistress, um, a professional internet mistress uh, for myself a couple of years ago. And, uh, and, and so I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But man, the moment I started doing something, this is my story too. His story is my story. That's how I knew that if he just leans into this, if he tries some things, he'll know if he hates it or if it's like, huh, that was interesting. And so you have to try these things. Uh, and, and when you lean into them and they start working, holy cow, does your mindset shift? How you appreciate yourself, your own self-worth, your capabilities, your opportunities, everything shifts. When you start to get recognized for shit you're good at, just apply differently. And so um, JFDS, if you ever see that in the bottom of a post, nobody's ever asked me. I put it on about 10 posts. Nobody's asked me what it stands for yet, but that's what it stands for. I thought it was something completely different, Lon, but I, I always go back to that old phrase people say, which is, you know, or, or the question they ask is, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. And that that kind of, that's what this kind of feels like to me, right? The you You may say, hey, this is the last day that I don't sign up for that class I've been, I've been dying to take, right? This is the last day that I eat a bag of Doritos instead of an apple, right? This is the last day that I, you know, again, that I don't tell my wife how I feel. And I think there can be so many little steps along the way that I, I don't want people to get, get frustrated, right? Because I think sometimes when you're making a change, what do you want to see? Let, let's just use, uh, you and I were talking in text last night about a subject that I think has some, you know, has some tie in here, right? Let's use weight loss, right? You, you decide, hey, I'm, you know, I, I got to lose a couple pounds, right? And what, what, what inevitably happens, right? You go on this crash diet and, you know, you don't eat, you do nothing but water, you're working out. And most people probably lose like three, four pounds in the first week. And you're fired up, man. You're like, whew, I'm on my way to that 20 pounds I want off, right? And then guess what happens? You plateau. And you go a couple of days, not a pound, you know, maybe you, you gain a pound one day and you get frustrated. But when you see those small wins along the way, you're motivated. Hey, I lost a pound doing that. I'm going to exercise harder tomorrow. I'm going to eat better tomorrow. And I think there's applicability of thinking about this journey as well. Yeah, no, you didn't lose the 20 pounds in a day and you're never going to lose 20 pounds in a day. If you did, it's probably not healthy, by the way, and it's not going to work out very well long term. You, you lose an increment. So just because you don't have that last day of your current situation to your new situation doesn't mean you can't take those steps along the way. Lose that one pound tomorrow, right? Make, make that, you know, make that one meeting that, that you haven't made yet. You know, take that online course you've been trying to read that book you've been talking about. 
you know, again, reach out to that guy on the internet that's been posted on LinkedIn that's kind of got you peaked. Take those little steps, lose that pound a day until you get to your goal weight. And to your point, maybe that's six months, maybe that's 12 months, maybe that's 18 months, maybe that's 24 months. It all depends on you and where you are. But I don't want people to get frustrated and say, well, I can't, I can't have my last day at work, so I must screw it. I'm just going to you know, keep on, keep on, keeping on. No, maybe it's time to take the last day that you accept that you're not going to do something different. That is exactly right, man. I, I put in posts regularly, and I mean it. You don't have to quit in order to start. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to quit in order to start. But you do have to start if you ever expect to quit. And, and my, my point is the point you just made exactly, Adam. It's like, you, you, I don't know what more I can do to help convince people that if they're following me, it's time. It's not an accident. If they're listening to this podcast, there is something hitting them in the gut so hard a few times a week that they're beside themselves with frustration. And I get it. I talk to these people. I talk to you. I talk to you, the person who that just resonated with. I talk to you every day. I show up for you to try to, try to convince you that this may be, just may be your day to do something. And what is that something? You don't even have to pay me. You can join my private LinkedIn group and just show up curious. Share something. That's doing something. You can ask for a free call. I'll talk to you. I'll give you hundreds and hundreds of dollars of free coaching because I'm more concerned about you regretting never starting than I am worried about me making some money. That is a true statement. That is why I do this. You're not going to get pitched. You're not part of a funnel. If you get, you, you join a ramble with me, I'm just trying to fucking help. That's it. So do something. I'm Adam and I are here and, and we're, we're trying to ignite this fire. What you can do is book a ramble, email me, email Adam. My guess is Adam's going to shoot a response back to you and it's, he's going to be wildly helpful. Book a free ramble. Uh, join the private group. I've got a I've got a twenty five dollar a month insider group. The shit we talk about there in there is awesome. It's emotional. It's personal. It's me. I'm in there. I'm coaching. I'm leading. I'm involved. We meet monthly at least once. And you're gonna get if if it isn't ten x the value than what you're paying, then I'll give you your money back. I will. You just say I want my money back. Done. Uh, I get it. My point is, I'm we're trying to do as much as we can just to get you started. And then your instinct is going to kick in boss. Yes. I'm talking to you. Your instinct is going to kick in. Once you know what you want, you're not going to need me anymore. You're not going to need anyone. You got yourself. You got who you used to be. You've got your courage. You've got a, you've got a vision for where you're going and you got passion to get there. And it all starts the moment you decide it does not before the moment you decide this is your day that's when your year starts and don't underestimate how differently your life can look in one year from now. I don't think there's any better note to end this particular episode online than that one right there. You already mentioned a few different ways that you show up for people and ways that they can find you. I know you've got some other things that you're working on out there. Where else can people learn more about what you're working on, where you're at and, and how they can connect with you to begin that first step? Well, I've talked about the ramble. I've talked about the, uh, 
normal uh, normal 40 group on LinkedIn. Um, that's invite only. So every now and then I put on the bottom one of my posts how to find that. You can't search for it. It's uh, uh, So look out for that. Um, but a couple other things I, I do just want to chat about because they're going to be needy. And I try not to ask my audience for much, but I'm at a point where I'm going to ask my audience for their help. I've been writing a book, Adam, as you well know, and we're going to probably start talking about that book. I let 40 people read it and the feedback I've got has been emotional, emotional for me, um, emotional for them. Um, and I've decided that I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for more. I thought the book would be something that maybe um, hundreds to a few thousand people would read and it would impact them. But after getting the feedback from the 40 people who read it, people I don't know, I only have ever met a, a couple of them. Um, of the 40, I think I've only ever met two and you're one of them, Adam. And, um, and I've only met each of them once. So my point is I am, I have a dream for this book. I have a dream that it changes lives and I have a dream that it reaches 10,000 people on launch day. That is about as crazy a goal as I can possibly imagine. Because a year ago, I couldn't imagine I was going to write a book. Two months ago, I couldn't have imagined selling more than a thousand copies. And today I'm confessing, I want to sell a thousand copies in one day. And to do that, it's going to require a lot of people who have had any, have had any sort of a benefit with normal 40 to say, you know what, I'm going to show up for this cat. I'm going to buy a book on launch day when he tells me to buy it. I'm going to do that. And it's going to take a whole lot of you. So I, that'd be my ask. It's kind of a warning, Adam, that it's coming. Um, more details to come. If you sign up, go to my website and sign up for the Rambler. It's my newsletter. Go to any one of my pages at the bottom. Just say sign up here. Uh, I talk about it in the Rambler. Uh, that's a, something I put out. It's just letters from me to dudes who want to talk uh, once, usually once a week, maybe once every other week. Um, and uh, you can, you'll, I'll keep a steady diet of updates there. Okay, we thank you for showing up in all the different ways that you do and appreciate your support of the things that we are trying to, to build here for the normal 40. Uh, again, you're you're the reason why we're here. You're the reason why we do this. So uh, we'll do one thing if you do one thing. You keep showing up and we will keep showing up as well. We will see you all on the other side. Maybe not. Lon's got a finger up. Maybe not that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, one thing we're doing, and it's kind of fun. We, we put these out on a podcast, but shortly thereafter, I'm putting them on YouTube, Normal 40 TV. Sure. And so, look, some people just enjoy seeing Adam and I stare at one another in two dimensions. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> you can see what we wear to these things. on a, a. This happens to be a Saturday afternoon when it's beautiful out, but we're both going on vacation, so we're packing our bags after this. But you can show up to YouTube and, and watch us, too. It's just another, another way for us to try to welcome you into our world, man. Fair warning in what you're going to see on YouTube, by the way. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, thanks for your support on Number 40. Uh, keep showing up. Keep being curious. And we'll catch you all on the other side. We're out of the This has been Normal 40, the podcast.